You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I don't have much time to preach again, and I'm just going to give this my best shot. By the way, what you call God experience is what we call testimonies, and um, the next time I have a testimony to share, I'll bring it here because you'll give me more time. Yeah. At the Elevation Church, you don't have more than two and a half minutes to share your testimony. Yeah. Just, just share. In fact, most of the time, we'll, we'll constrain you to record it so we can play it. Uh, so we, because we want to play it in multiple services, right? So just sit down, we'll record you, and we'll play it. But here, I think I can have like 30 minutes to share my testimony. <laughs> so I'll come here to share it. Praise God. Second Timothy chapter 3, we'll read from verse 1 to 7. I want to encourage you this morning uh, to get ready to read the Word of God a bit. I'm going to stir up your heart. We're going to the holiday season, and it's a time for you to engage your Bible. It's a time for you to engage God's presence in worship, in prayer, and especially in the Word. In the past two weeks on my Twitter event, uh, um, Mr. and Mrs. Betterhalf on Fridays, I've been sharing on, you know, getting by, especially with singles uh, during the holiday season. The holiday season is a time where singles have a bit of struggle especially when you're not in a relationship or your family is far away and all that. Um, you, you, sometimes the devil wants to lure you into loneliness and then get you to do some of the things you left behind or you, you even getting to uh, look out for a relationship that you're jettisoning you know, before now just because you feel a bit lonely. Loneliness is not about the presence of anybody. It's about you not being able to cultivate your relational ability, which is given by God. And the first place to cultivate is to cultivate with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And anybody that is lonely as a single person will still be lonely in marriage. Because loneliness is not about whether you have a partner or not. It's how relational, uh, relationally, I mean, how mature you are uh, when it comes to relationship. Yeah. And how well you have cultivated that God side of it, you, which is relational. Yeah. That God side of you, which is relational. I preached a message, I think it was February of last year or so. I think so. A Beautiful Life series. It was a whole series. And I said a beautiful life is um, a connected life. Because what makes our life beautiful are the relationships that we have cultivated. A not very good life is a life that is, you know, that is alone, that is disconnected. It's just like um, a phone that cannot receive signal. Yeah, disconnected. It's useless. You use that as a calculator. You know, rather than being used as a phone to connect with other people, when the phone lacks the ability to receive signal, and you see, I don't know why I'm going, but I'm coming back here. Uh, when you have been so battered in relationships or you've mismanaged the connections that God has brought into your life, uh, you then become more like that kind of phone. Uh, you, you lose the ability to connect, to receive signals, you know, to, to connect. When you switch on a phone, what it does is uh, to, to look for signal. And if there there's signal around, you should be able to connect. Some people are fast losing their ability to connect. In the past week, I was on the retreat, and I was thinking to myself, how many relationships did I start and nurture this year? And it's not about how many people are around you. It's about how well you're still doing at that. Now, I pastor a church, thousands of people, so I, 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 you know, I have people around me, but... Am I still furthering that God-given ability to, call, to, to connect and cultivate new relationships? That's how we know that we're alive. Many people are lonely today because, just simply because they've, they've relegated that part of them. And that's the God part of us. 
is a huge part of us. It makes our lives beautiful. In the beginning, you know, God said, let us make man. Let us. The spirit of God is the spirit of let us. Let us make man. After our likeness. Let us. It's, it's the spirit of God is the spirit of let us. Let us. It's always about us. It's God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It could have been God all by himself. Is somebody listening to me this morning? Yeah, I just have maybe one more minute to do this, and then I go back to my word. I, I, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but it's time for you to check yourself out. If, if you're on Twitter, go, go read my last uh, two series. I, I don't know what, what the number is, episode, maybe 149 or something. The last two, last Friday and, this, and the Friday before. Just read about managing, you know, loneliness, aloneness, and how you go through the, the holiday season. And you can still be bubbling in your spirit and still, you know, it was so strong in my heart. I think Shubomi also uh, sent, uh, did something on social media, Facebook, Twitter, just talking about it. And, you know, I was talking to my PA. What can, we, what can I do with, with, uh, uh, with what Shubomi said about, you know, just hanging out with people on Christmas Day? Yeah. You know, I have my family. I have two lovely girls, uh, um, my wife and all that. We have a good family. But beyond that, can we can we just look out for each other and, you know, try to connect? Yeah. I don't have a big compound, but I, I think I can have a few people. Service will end at 12. Yeah. So you, you want to hang out with me? Uh, just hold up, you know? Yeah. Let's, 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 let's know. Yeah. I mean, just, just let me know. You understand? My, my, you can get, get in touch, talk to my PA, get in touch with me on social media. Let, let's, let's, let's connect. I was thinking we can even have a party after service in church or just, just move to my house or something. You understand? <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. All right, but that's just a word for somebody. Don't do anything funny this holiday season. Don't, don't allow loneliness to push you to become who you are running away from being. Yeah. I hope you understand what I'm saying. All right, because you're not alone. There's a part of you that you just need to wake up. And this is one of the ways to wake it up as you. Maybe during this holiday or post-holiday, when you come to church like this, make up your mind not to go home without connecting to a new person. That's God in you. That's how God operates. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is always looking for who to connect with and that's the spirit you, you carry. And then you, you, you stifle that part of the Holy Spirit in you by just wanting to be, you think holiness is, is when you, are, you don't talk to anybody? No. That's, that's dirty holiness. I don't know how to call it. Yeah. That's not a good way to be holy. Without connection, we can't even test your holiness. That's why it's stagnant. It stinks. The real test of your spirituality and your holiness is how you manage the connections that God brings into your life. Are you still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. Yeah, uh, so a word it says enough for the wise. Let me go into, <laughs> let me go into what, what I want to preach this morning. Second Timothy chapter three and 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 verse one to seven. Second Timothy chapter three and verse one to seven. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of power. And I'm, 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 in the brevity of the time that I have, let's speak to the topic of encounters with power, encounters with power, encounters with power. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one to seven. Uh, um, I read. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form. Now, this, that's where I'm going, and I need you to follow me carefully. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Can we read that phrase together? Everybody, let's go. One, two, go. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I'll read the next uh, two verses and I'll stop. And from such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, in this passage of the scripture, the great apostle Paul was writing to his protege, Timothy, who happened to be a pastor of like life point like this, a young church, young adult church, though he had some, you know, uh, um, older people. So Paul wrote in one of his epistles, he, he had two, first and second Timothy, oh, the older ones take as brothers, you know, and all that, deal with, but this is how you wrote, this is how you deal with everybody, this is how you, he wrote many things to him about how to, as a young pastor, uh, uh, Timothy was uh, in his 20s, early 20s or so, when he started pastoring the, 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 this church. And Paul was writing and encouraging this guy and mentoring him. And one of the things that he wrote to him is what we read this morning from the second epistle of, of Paul to Timothy on chapter number 3. And was talking about the last days and what will happen. Various times shall come. This, these are the kind of people that you will have to deal with. He said men, uh, you know, shall become lovers of money, shall become boasters, blasphemers. We have them all around today. We even have them in church without self-control. said disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving. I spoke to that earlier on because a set will connect, will be unloving. Yeah. I said to get to know people, you can't love them. You can't love people from afar. You have to connect with them. Said unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And he said they have a form of godliness. A form. So there's a form of godliness that makes us feel like we're godly. Maybe because we come to church. Maybe because we look like a Christian. If there's any look that we've been able to preserve, I'm not sure. But <laughs> those days we used to have a particular look. But it looks like we've not been able to preserve it again. But if there's any look at all, they, they have a look, you know, like a Christian. They, they, they talk like Christians. Or they, they tell people, well, I go to Life Point, I go to Elevation Church, I go to, you know, RCCG, or I go to this. You know, many great churches in the city. And people just drop those names everywhere they go. They have a form of godliness. They have a form of godliness, but they said they deny the power. There's something about the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that should accompany godliness, true godliness. That's what I'm talking to this morning. Yeah. The power of God, the power that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. And when you have an encounter with that spirit of power, it shouldn't leave you the same. 
you should transcend a form of godliness to a full expression of God's power working through your life. And there are a few things that that power should do in your life. But when you stop at just having a form of godliness, which is what is pervasive today, many people just drop names of churches and all that. You get to their office and they, they're just, on social media, they're, they're different sort. They're on the office, they're, you know, when they have a little bit of influence, they go haywire. Just a form of godliness. But they deny the power. But I, I stand in front of you this morning to let you know that I've experienced the power that comes with godliness. Yeah, I was born a Muslim. If you haven't heard my story before, it's, uh, I did a video on YouTube. You can look for it. I was born a Muslim. So I, 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 I understood what religion is all about. I was schooled in religion. My family has a legacy in Islam, Islamic religion. So I'm, uh, I, I, I think I have a good understanding of religion. And by the way, the Islamic religion is more, is more uh, um, involving, if I may use the word. Yeah. Because, you, you, I mean, nobody forces you to, to go somewhere to pray five times a day. Yeah. You have to do it at certain times if it will be acceptable. And if you are lumping everything together, you had more. You page around it. Yeah. That was how I grew up. Yeah. And at a particular age, if you're not finished reading the Quran, then you're not, you're not good. You're not good, a good Muslim. You know, today you can live forever, your life forever, and not read the Bible from cover to cover, and you still go to heaven. Yeah. I'm just telling you how involving the religion is. And that's religion. Religion is about people seeking for God. And when Christ came, he said, God has come after you. You don't have to look for him. He's come to look for you. For God so loved the world that he gave. The world did not ask him, but he gave. Yeah. And then how God anointed Jesus Christ uh, of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about. He went about. I was sharing at Midland Center last Sunday or so, or two Sundays ago, uh, was at their business roundtable last Saturday. How that Jesus went to the lake of Gennesaret, for instance, I think in, was it Mark chapter 5 or Luke chapter 5, and then it, at, uh, at the lake, he saw Peter and his friends washing their nets. That was the business district of the day where the bulk of the economic activity was going on. And the Bible says he looked for the boat that was Peter's. God is always looking for your boat, looking for me, looking for your house, looking for something about you, looking for who to bless. Real Christianity is about God reaching out to us. And then when he, when he has reached out to us, then we start to seek him. Religion says, look for God everywhere. Go to the beach. Go, you know, go, go, go to the shrine. Go everywhere. Prostrate, lie down, roll on the floor. Get, your, get yourself dirty just to seek God. That's religion. When Christ has reached out to you and he has touched your heart, you start to seek him. Not out of religion, but out of love that you have for him. Now that his love has captured your heart. Say amen, somebody. Yeah. Now that his love has captured your heart. That's real Christianity. And that's the real Christianity that will not deny the power. Because when his love has captured your heart, then you know something has happened in your heart. You know that God has started something new in your heart. It's not a form of godliness. It's the real thing. And you embrace the power that comes with it. Let, 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 let me transition this talk into some of the things that Paul wrote in, in Romans. So you understand how we can seem to have a form 
of godliness without embracing the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the power to change is the one that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's the power to change. The real power that can change. Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, is just like 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, while we behold faintly, as in the glass, we are changed. One translation says we are transformed from one glory to another as by the Spirit of God. It's all about the Spirit of God. Encounters with the Spirit. We behold faintly as in the glass, the glory of God. It says we are changed. If you are not changing, you are not embracing the Holy Spirit. If you are not changing, you need to check your relationship with Jesus. If you have a real relationship with Jesus, something in you must be receiving a measure of transformation. It's not about coming to church. It's not about you know, shouting hallelujah and lifting up holy hands alone. It's not about singing worship alone. Something in the core of me Paul said, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed daily. That's what I'm talking about. Though I'm getting older physically, but inward, my inward man is renewed daily. That's real Christianity. Yeah. The inward man, the real me is changing. It's receiving a boost. It's being updated to use computer language. Yeah. You know, you can have a phone, you can have a device, and if you refuse to update it, it goes, you know, back and back and back, and after a while, what happens? Becomes obsolete. I still have my first iPad, first generation. Today, there's just not so much you can do with it. My kids have even outgrown it. My last daughter is now 10. So, they, 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 because if you have first generation iPad, you can't update anything on it again. Anything that's below iOS, is it five or so, cannot be updated. Yeah. And God, God is saying, come up. You see, the reason why many people have struggles in their Christian life is because their inward man is not renewed. Yeah. You know, there are certain apps now, they'll tell you if you want to download them, you need, help me somebody, which iOS do you need? You need 9 or 10, yeah, to be able to download them. The same thing, if you're on the Play Store, it's the same thing. There's a version that you, you, of the operating system that you need to be able to... See, there are certain apps that you need for life and destiny that you don't have now. And because you have not updated. <laughs> Some of us will get it tomorrow morning. Yeah. And the next time you try to update an app on your phone, please remember my message this morning. And ask yourself, am I, me, being updated? Yeah. Because you can carry the latest gadget and you are obsolete. Spiritually speaking. Yeah. You. You. The carrier of the gadget. You are obsolete. And that's how some people live their life right now. Everything around you is top of the range. You know. You know. You have everything. But you. Ah. <laughs> when everyone looks down, they see. They see. They see a device that has not been updated in a very long time. How somebody's following me this morning? Yeah. A device has not been updated in a very long time. That in fact, functionality has become a struggle. When spiritual functionality becomes a struggle, it means you need to be updated. Somebody still with me this morning. See, I'm excited about what I'm preaching this morning because the past week I just updated myself. You know, I told you I was on a retreat. <laughs> And as we go to this holiday season, you need to look towards that. How do I engage the power of the Holy Spirit a little more? How do I get 
to update and boost, you know, certain, for the want of a better word, halves that I need for life and godliness. I need for a better life in 2017. You know that, that, that the productivity halves, there are all different kinds of halves, is the same way in real world. There are certain things you need in your spiritual experience to be more productive, to be more effective. Yeah. And if you, if you remain obsolete in them, you just realize that your Christian life is full of struggles. Let's read about struggles. Struggles. Uh, let's read about struggles uh, from, from the Apostle Paul. Um, that should be in the book of Romans. Paul wrote about his struggles in Romans chapter 7. Yeah. Chapter 7 and verse number 18 down to 25. You put it up for me, I would appreciate it. Romans chapter 7 and, and, and verse 18. Can I depend on you? Or should I help myself? All right. Okay. Romans chapter uh, 7 and verse number 18. For I know that in my flesh, that in me that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Verse 19. For the good that I will to do, I do not. I do not do. But the evil, I will not do. Sorry. I will not to do that I practice. That, that's a struggle. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like some apps are not working. And you know, that was what Paul was talking about there. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer high who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. See, I was talking about that inward man I was talking about. According to the inward man. Look at verse 23. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to do the law, I mean, to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Look at verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law, of, the law of sin. Praise God. Now, when you go to uh, chapter 8 of this same book, can we jump to chapter 8 and verse number 1? Paul resolved this struggle, this lack of freshness, this, this you know, willing, wanting to do good, but finding myself doing evil, you know, this struggle within my, my, myself that I now have a form of godliness but the power of God is not fully expressed. Look at what he said. He said, there's now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk, walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Look at verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Look at verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak 
through the flesh, because it has to pass through the flesh and the flesh is weak, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, this is the big deal. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's very important. Very, very important. What Paul was saying here is this. Are you focused on the inward man or the outward man? If you want to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to be focused on the state of your inward man, not the outward man. If you want to be that kind of person who will not just have a form of godliness, but will enjoy the power of the Holy Spirit to the end that you are getting transformed or updated. And you see, when you update, you update capacity. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And capabilities. In, in computer language, you are debugging, all right? All the things that are slowing you down, you're taking them out. You have increased capacity to, to, to live well and to do well. That's when you update. That's when you, 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 you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. That's when you embrace the Spirit of God. I know I've read a few scriptures and I did this deliberately. Not just to be quoting. Let's read it together. So you see, there's something about me making up my mind. I don't want to get into 2017 without the power of God. I don't want to continue to live the same way I've always lived. I want some change. I, want, I don't want to have a form of godliness and deny the power. I want to be able to say the power of God is at work in my life. The presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer should bring transformation to the life of that believer. And Paul was writing here. He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. I'm, you know, I struggle. There's a struggle within me. And that struggle is occasioned by the flesh struggling with the spirit. But in, in verse 4 here, he said, oh, sorry, verse 5, said, for those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who walk according to the spirit set their minds according to the things of the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, can I submit to you this morning by saying that what you pay attention to is what grows. Yeah. Whatever you pay attention to is what will grow in your life. The reason why many people only have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof is that a lot of attention goes to the things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. What you pay attention to is what grows. Many of us are still paying lip service to our spiritual development. That's why it's not making sense to us. Yeah. Many of us still, you know, feel like this is not important, that is important. And that's why things of the spirit are not making sense to us. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. How much attention are you paying to the things of the spirit? It's very important. How much attention are you paying to the things of the Spirit? Our lives move in the direction of our most dominant thought. Yeah. If you want to know where your life is going, what is prevalent on your mind, that's the direction of your life. Our lives move or go in the direction of our most dominant thought. 
You want to be somebody who has power with the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I know where I'm coming from. I know where I'm coming from. I know, where, I know the struggles I've had in my life, in my personal life. I know the habits I've had to break by the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. While I got saved as a young person, I was already in a bad gang. Yeah. I was, I was already, you know, uh, the, the way I was going, my mentors were my older brothers. While I was uh, in secondary school at Government College Ibadan, my brothers were in University of Ibadan. One of them was the chief, the don of a, of a, of a fraternity. When they came home on holidays and mentored me, I looked forward to joining a court when I get, got, get into the university. That was my dream. Because my brothers were, <laughs> were big boys in the, in the court groups. Yeah, that was where my life was going. When I got saved, for instance, one of the greatest, as a young person, I got saved uh, of 16 going to 17. When I got saved, one of the greatest things that dawned on me was that I wasn't going to be able to steal again. <laughs> now, I'm just being vulnerable with you. Because I used to steal my father's money a lot. Yeah. You see, the, the, the kind of ordinals I went was the type that some, some of the boys would disappear and show up. And they would show up with a rock sack of money. So they went home to raid. Yeah. And that was how the devil was preparing us. And I was already in, at that, I was coming to that level. Mine was not rock sack, maybe forgetful and all that. Yeah. So when I got saved, I asked my friend, so do you mean that I won't be able to do X, Y, Z again? He said, yes, but not really like that. So he didn't want to discourage me because he knew I could run back. Yeah, that wasn't really like that. And, you know, he tried to, he was also a young boy, so he was just trying to, but he had been saved for longer. So he was just trying to encourage me because he knew that if I tell this boy, <laughs> you know, so, you know, there were many things we used to do, you know, you know, scale the fence, run out of the boarding house and go party, go, you know, go do this, go do stunts, you know, look for somebody's car and just do silly things around. I mean, from a bad one, then we used to come to Lagos to come and steal a car out of the house and then do, go do stunt on Lagos Ibadan Expressway, get into, <laughs> you know, all those things. And those were the things that, I mean, at your, the level of people I'm speaking to, your own stunt is not like that again, but you know your stunts. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that giving your life to Christ, if your mind is all about the things you will not be able to do again, the, the, the quote and unquote, the things that are fun to you. And that's why your mind is always on them and all that. That's why you find yourself going back, you know. But he said, no. He said, you're, 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 to be spiritually minded is, is, is life. Where is your mind? Is it on the inner man or the, the things that pleasure the outer man? To engage the power of the Holy Spirit so that you don't have a form of godliness, but you embrace the power, you have to focus on the inner working of the Holy Spirit on the inner mind. I want to become a more loving person. So I, I, I want to meditate on that more. How do I become a more loving person? A, a loving person. I want to become a, a good friend. I want to meditate on that more. I, hope you understand. I want to become somebody who can win souls for Jesus. So my mind is more on that. Then the Holy Spirit works within me to make me that kind of person where I will behold faintly as in a glass 
the glory of God, we are changed. Changed. What are you beholding? Are you still with me this morning? What are you beholding? What you are beholding is what determines who you become. It was painful after I gave my life to Christ with all the funny things we used to do. The first thing that had to happen to me was that I had to change company. Yeah. You want to create room for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in your life, change company. Now, that's, that's, that's very tough, especially when you enjoy hanging out with, you know, with those kind of people. Yeah. Change company. Let me tell you how it helped me. Was was easier for me because my bad friends were not brilliant. My born again friends were more brilliant, and I knew my dad was interested in my scores. So after I gave my life to Christ, these guys were boring, but they knew the notebook. <laughs> but these other guys were were not boring, but they didn't care about education. So it was easier for me because I was actually in between. I cared so much about education but I cared also about all the funny things that we used to do together. But the moment I made up my mind, it's just that today I'm talking to somebody here right now, and I think the Holy Spirit brought this to my heart. You have friends who don't care about having a Christian relationship. They don't care about having a same relationship. Yeah. They, they, maybe they care more about, about career, but they, they move from babe to babe or from guys to guys. Now that you're saved, you're in between, should I still roll with these guys? Do they good? Maybe career-wise, maybe they, 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 they be a programmer. They write very well. They can code. But this guy, anytime we come together, they will talk about their escapades. This one said he slept with two babes over the last weekend, you know, and all that. I mean, uh, it was even your pastor that was sharing with me one day, Pastor uh, P.I., Pastor Idris. One day he was at the Koei Club, and then we have a mutual friend with some of his friends, that mutual friend, and some of his friends. And this is our mutual friend, who became my friend because we lived in the same vicinity at, at the point and also attend, you know, a big church here in Lagos and as a worker, Pierre was telling me how him and like three other friends in the local room at the Koei Club were talking about rubbish things that they did with babes and he had to call me to say, PG, I thought that guy was really on top of his game but the kind of things they were saying. Now, maybe he was saying some of those things to save face with the bad friends that he has because happily married and all that. Maybe he was really doing them. But my own question is, if your mind is on the things of the spirit, then you mind the company that you keep. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. We make it look like it's so difficult to live a holy life or to please God. Paul talked about his own struggle here. But he said, when I update my inner man, I embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. The things I used to struggle with before now become the things that I do easily. Now become the things that I do easily. They become the things that I do easily. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. Let me tie this all up together. The Bible talks about the power of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. It says, now to him who is able to do, exceeding abundantly, far and above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. How? According to the power that is at work within us. There's something about the power that is at work within us. He's able to do exceeding abundantly far and above what you can ask or think, but he does it according to the power that is at work within me. If I'm alive to that power that is at work within me, 
If I focus more on the effect of that power that is at work within me, if my mind stay on the things which are above or the things of the Spirit, then it becomes easier to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. It becomes a lot easier. A lot easier. As I tie this all up, I want to remind you of four things that the power of the Spirit will do in your life. One is that the Spirit of God gives the power of conviction. Conviction. It does not condemn, but it, convinc- it convicts us. Yeah. If you are a believer and you cannot receive any conviction from the Holy Spirit again, your heart or your everything, anything you are carrying is so obsolete and dead. In fact, you are, you are, you, you're backsliding. You're not, no longer a Christian. The devil condemns, the Holy Spirit convicts. Say amen, somebody. Yeah. The devil condemns, the Holy Spirit convicts. John chapter 16, when you read from verse 7 down to 11, Jesus was saying, when the spirit of truth shall come, the one that I'll send to you, he said, he will, he will be your helper. And one of the things he will do to you is that he said he will convict the world of righteousness, of judgment, and of sin. The spirit of God convicts. He convicts us. So uh, one, that's one of the things that the power, if you don't want to be that Christian who I just has a form of godliness, but denies the power. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to convince you when he needs to. Yeah. Don't always brush him away. That's why the Bible says if you continue to brush him away, then you grieve him. And then you just realize that he's not talking to you again. The Holy Spirit has emotions. It's not emotionless. If you brush him away the way you, you brush. How many friends do you brush away, brush away, brush away, and they will still be talking to you? The reason why some people here are not hearing the Holy Ghost again. You don't feel any conviction in your heart again. You're just doing, doing, doing whatever you like. It's because you are brush, 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 and you have not gone to say sorry. Yeah, so it's no longer talking to you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But the first thing that he wants to do, the power of convention. The second one is the power of revelation. Power of revelation. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has a power of revelation. It can reveal things to you. When you talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power, one of the power that manifests in him is power of revelation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, when you read from verse 17, it said, Then the God of our Lord Jesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul was praying, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He said, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, we're just talking about this power. According to the working of the mighty power, which worked in Christ, when, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly places. So, talking about this power of the Holy Spirit, it's a power of revelation. There are things you will just know, it just reveals things to you. I'm not talking about strange, spooky things, but I'm talking about things that will not make you stranded in life. I mean, don't be like funny prophets. Uh, why do you want to know who will win the American election? How does it affect your promotion? Yeah? But things that, are, that pertain to your life and your godliness. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal that to you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's a personal work that you have with him. Focus on that one first. Let, let America resolve their problem. Yeah? Focus on how the things the Holy Spirit will reveal to you in his word. Oh, I remember as a young man, I'm the fifth of six children for my mom. My younger sister got saved. Don't forget we're all from a family home. I mean, a Muslim home. Uh, my younger sister got saved. 
I, before I got saved, I used to beat my sister. After I got saved, I think I increased it. I became much more impatient with her, you know, and all that. Then one day, just by the power of the Holy Spirit, I think I was walking out of church or something, going home, and the Holy Spirit asked me a question. Look at all those sisters, those beautiful sisters you saw in church. Why are you not slapping them? Are they all perfect? I said, they're not. So why are you not slapping? I said, it's not, it's not the right thing to do. But you go home and slap your sister. He said, even be, if before you thought she was, but now she's saved. Yeah, see her as one of the sisters. From that day till today, never lifted up my hands against my sister until we all left home, got married and all that. She's, she's a big girl now. Uh, I think she's, she's 40 this year or so. Yeah, so she's, I mean, but look at that. Nobody spoke to me about it. My parents did not talk to me about it. Just the Holy Spirit. That, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I remember where I was when the Holy Spirit spoke to me about, I mean, I got a word from the scripture that says, uh, you steal from your parents, I say it's Coban, you know, I've forgotten where it is in the, in, in the Gospels. That day, the Holy Spirit arrested me. That was the last day I stole my father's money. That's the power that I'm talking about. I'm not talking fiction to you. This is what I've experienced. This is how I grew up in the, in, in the faith. That's why I will not steal church money today. Because God knows where you're going. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. It was a conviction in my heart. This is not right. I stopped from that day. I don't know if somebody's hearing me today. That's the part, the power of revelation. You just receive revelation from the word of God. When you get a revelation about fornication and adultery, you will stop. Yeah. And when you refuse to get it before you get married, you get into adultery. You change gear when you get married. I've been married 13 years. I've never cheated on my wife once. So it's possible. But it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Forget all this lip service Christianity. When you have encounters with power, you see what God will do in your life. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? The third one is courage and boldness. The Holy Spirit wants to give power for courage and boldness. Courage and, there are certain things you will never do in your life except you have received courage and boldness from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's why some people are always functioning at a very low level. See, in, in Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Apostles chapter 4, when you read from verse 29, 30, and 31, this, uh, well, they encountered the apostles, they threatened them, they dealt with them, but look at what happened. In verse 29 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 4, the Bible says, now, they, they were praying, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, one of the ways we engage the power of the Holy Ghost is through prayer. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. Boldness to step into destiny. Boldness to ask for what belongs to you. Boldness to try something hard. Boldness to apply for a job that you're not qualified for. 
Boldness to apply for an exam that you think you are not well prepared for, but you're trusting the Holy Spirit to help you push materials in your direction, send you mentors and people that will give you understanding, and boom, you're passed. And you look like a magician. Boldness. Many people listening to me this morning, please hear me and hear me well. If you don't embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in terms of boldness, people will be sharing your inheritance in destiny. Yeah. It takes boldness to take your portion. Somebody once said that power is not given a la carte. You have to go for it. You have to, you know, nobody will just, you know, you, 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 you have to fight for it. And that, it takes boldness. Every realm in life, and that boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. And lastly this morning, the Holy Spirit gives the power of compassion. We call it love. The power of compassion. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Romans chapter 5 and number, um, verse number 5. The Bible talks about the, the, the hope does not, say now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Capital H, Holy Spirit. The capital H, the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Does not make a shame. But the Bible says, because, because the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, there's you see, the Holy Spirit wants to give you power to become a compassionate person, a loving person. Yeah. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. I'm talking real Christianity this morning. See, when some people talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, all you see is anointing for breakthrough. No. It's part of it, but it's not the main thing. You can have anointing for breakthrough and you're not a loving person. You may miss heaven. Just, you know, or miss what the big things, that bigger things that God has for you in life. Yeah. Jesus said, you come to me, you know, and say, we, we, we raise the dead in your name, but you don't have compassion in your heart. You don't have love in your heart. You are disconnected from everybody. You are a cantacross person. You're not compassionate. You can't, you can't bear with the infirmities of the weak. Yeah. As a round off this morning, I need you to understand that you forget everything that I said. One thing you must not forget. One thing you must not forget is that you need to set your mind on the things which are above. You need to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thought. And what you pay attention to is what grows. If you pay attention to the things of the Spirit, you will fulfill the desires of the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit will be at work in your life. You will see its transformational power at work in your You can account for where you used to be and where you are right now. But yet, you can choose to only have a form of godliness and deny the power of God. Stand on your feet this morning. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Lift your hands to Jesus and just tell him, Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you. I submit myself to you. I submit myself to you. I don't want to have a form of godliness and deny the power. I submit myself to you. All I tell you, submit myself to you. I release myself to you. I ask that you have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill me afresh. Fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. Does anyone here, you don't, you, you, you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. After the service, can talk to all the leaders here. Can minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to you. But as many as are baptized in the Holy Spirit, can I ask you to lift your hand and pray in the Spirit a bit. Just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit, speak in tongues a bit. I trust God that the Spirit of God will fill your heart afresh today. 
Come on, do it with boldness. Do it with boldness. Do it with boldness. Whatever I've spoken about this morning that you want to ask the Holy Spirit about, whether it's boldness, whether it's power of compassion, whether it's power of revelation, power of vision, I want you to start to ask Him. Somebody may ask Him, Holy Spirit, quicken my heart afresh so that I can receive convictions from you. When I run short, when I don't display love, when I don't do the right thing, I don't want to be left to myself, Holy Spirit. If I've grieved you in any way, I apologize this morning. I want to embrace your power in my life. Open my eyes to see the people I need to connect with. Make me a loving person. Make me a graceful person. Will you pray this morning? Will you pray this morning? Ask the Holy Spirit to start a new walk in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to start a new walk in your life. Father, we bless your name. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in this place. We ask that you fill everyone afresh with your power and with your grace. Lift your two hands to him. Everybody, everybody, lift your two hands to him. Say, feel me afresh, Holy Spirit. Say it with boldness. Say, feel me afresh, Holy Spirit. Say it again. Say, feel me afresh, Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus. Wave your hands to him all over this place. we desire your power and we desire your grace we desire your power we desire your grace give someone an encounter this morning give someone an encounter this season let this season not be like every other season in somebody's life I want us to limit movement I don't want any movement at all again please no movement just stay where you are lift your hands to the Holy Spirit I say, fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Will you sing a new song to him if you can? Anything that comes to your mind. You want to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. You feel like laughing, go ahead and do it. If joy is welling up in your heart. Anything at all. Anything at all. Then you just feel like doing by the Spirit. You feel like singing, sing to him. You feel like praying the spirit, pray in the spirit. You feel like raising a petition to him, go ahead and do it. Whatever it is at all that's in your heart to do, do. Marabo shahan delegebo satapa. Ikem balaka sosofrehida galababa. Ye mororobosa safrahande legebosha me kororobosa safrahande lagabaya mere legebosa hatikelebosha itetelebo marada gabaya ikentorobosha hatikesusoprihida lagabaya mere legebosha holy spirit debosha hande legebosa mere legebosa takabaya mamborologobosha ikentorobosha hande legebosa Thank you, Holy Spirit. Feel someone afresh this morning. Give someone an encounter with you this season. 
Let somebody know you are fresh. Let somebody start to hear you clearly. Let somebody see something new in their dream. Give someone the power to see vision, to engage a trance. Give someone remarkable joy, uncontrollable joy this season. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One more time today, wave your hands to him. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your presence is strong in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know our time is fast spent, but if you indulge me about three to four minutes, I'll be done. Three to four minutes and I'll be done. I'd love to pray for people here this morning. You can stay where you are, but anyone you're struggling to hear from God, I want to take the lead of you completely this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're struggling to hear from God. You've been struggling to hear from God. I believe that God wants to push you to that place where it's the easiest thing in the world for you to just hear the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Glory to Jesus. If you're that kind of person, put your hand on your heart. As a point of contact. As a point of contact, just put your hand on your heart. Your heart is the center of your being. And I see God starting something in that inner man. Opening you up from within to be able to hear him clearly. For you to be guided by your heart. Some people hear you, you will hear a voice behind you. Some people hear it's just a knowing. You will just know that it's the right thing to do and you just move on with it. Then somebody will ask you, how did you know? I just, I just know it in my heart. I just know it in my heart. So I speak to your heart this morning. Be open in the name of Jesus. Be open to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be open to receive signals from heaven. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever blocks your heart from hearing. Whatever blocks your spiritual ears from hearing. Whatever blocks your inner eyes from seeing. I destroy their hold this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Someone who has been accustomed to lying tongues. I break the hold of lying tongues over your life. I, I, I speak to your heart by the Holy Spirit. You will hear God clearly. You will know him more and more. You will embrace his voice. You will know the voice of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for everyone who has lacked the power of revelation. As you study the word of God this season. You will enjoy a fellowship with the Father. You will enjoy a fellowship with Jesus. You will enjoy a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Paul calls it a sweet fellowship. He said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father. The sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's what I pray for you this morning. That you start to engage the, 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 the sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Someone here this morning, whatever stops you, Whatever it is, whether it's a sense of guilt, I remove it this morning in the name of Jesus. I declare to you, you are not condemned. In the name of Jesus. I declare your sins are forgiven. You are not condemned. 
So you enjoy fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Just two more prayers and I'll be done. Anyone here this morning struggling with any kind of habit, the supernatural power of God is here. Bad habits locks us, you know, bad habits lock us into condemnation. And when we are locked in condemnation, we don't look within, we only look outward. We only look at our powerless self. We only look at our struggles. We are oblivious of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our inner man. I want to speak against the power of bad habits here this morning. I see chains broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. I see chains broken. I see chains broken. I see chains broken. I see chains broken. Lord, in the name of Jesus, put your hand on your head if you're praying this prayer with me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, for anyone struggling with any kind of habits at all, locking them up into condemnation, I stand in my authority in Christ Jesus and I break the hold of that habit in the name of Jesus. I decree that the hold of the habit is broken over your destiny. I stand against the power of condemnation. I command you released in the name of Jesus. Released into joy. Released into righteousness. Released into peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. Wave your hands to him all over this place. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Just one more last prayer. One last prayer. Someone who needs boldness to step out of a bad company. Yeah. There's a permissive environment that you find yourself where when you get into that place, you just have a form of godliness, but you deny the power. Yeah. You deny the power. The power of God is not a manifestation in your life. You can't even speak with boldness. You can't say, this is not who I am. It's very permissive. God wants to take you out of that structure, that permissive structure that you have created around your life this morning. He wants to take you out of that permissive structure. It's the thing hating all the fleshly stuff that you're still struggling with. It's that environment. It breathes, it gives it wing to fly. God wants to break his hold over your heart this morning and it comes with boldness. Boldness to say no. Boldness to declare I am now a child of God. Boldness to say I want to serve God so I cannot continue to be like this. Boldness to say I have the spirit of God so I know the right thing to do. So please leave me alone. That's the boldness that I'm talking about this morning. If you want to engage that boldness today, for the last time, can I ask that you put your hand on your head? Let me pray for you. The same power that came in Acts chapter 4 will come upon somebody here this morning. Yeah. One of the most powerful words you can say in the whole world is no. N-O. No. It takes boldness to say it. It takes boldness to say it. It takes boldness to say it. Anyone ready to pray for boldness this morning? Ready to pray for boldness this morning? Put your hand on your head and let me say this prayer. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask for an impartation of your spirit for boldness and courage to walk out of every permissive environment and every ungodly companionship. Lord, 
I impart your grace upon somebody's tongue this morning to be able to say no. So I receive upon you grace to say no. In the name of Jesus. Commander, chains are broken. Grace to express your destiny in an unhindered manner. Grace to fly on eagle's wings. I see God bringing you into new companies. I see God bringing you into new structures. I see God bringing you into an enabling structure for the development of your spirit and the renewer of your inner man. Step into that structure with boldness from today. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. Wave your hands to Jesus all over this place. Wave your hands to Jesus. Celebrate him. Father, we bless your name. Father, we bless your name. And we thank you for all that you've started in this house. Thank you for the last one year of LifePoint Church. We bless you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Thank you for everyone that you have used in this house. Thank you for Pastor Idris. Thank you for all of the leaders. Thank you for everyone that you have used in this house. And we declare one more time that it's all about you. Do that which is your good pleasure with us as we step into a new year. Let this altar not lack of fresh oil. Let it not lack of fresh power. Renew your son, Pastor Idris. Renew everyone that you're using here for ministry. Increase our impact. Increase our capacity for influence. Help us to bless our generation for good. Let your name be glorified. And if you are blessed today, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.